Hello, welcome to this episode of the Code of Honor podcast. I'm Kylie. I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Kyle. And we have a good episode for you today. Uh, Not a lot has happened in the world of Ring of Honor in recent weeks, but, you know, we always have Kyle, our resident historian. Kyle, how are you? (laughs) Hey, pretty fantastic. If If anybody can talk for an hour about absolutely nothing... It's a gift. It's a skill. You're looking it? at them. I think so. <laughs> so um, yeah. there, there, there the would be there be some Wednesday. who might disagree. Well, you know what? They're not on this podcast, so <laughs> so on Dynamite this Wednesday, we had uh, Deanna Perazzo versus Mercedes Martinez, the Ring of Honor Women's Title. Uh, Mercedes was the interim champion. Deanna was, of course, the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Um, this match was controversial for a few reasons. It didn't get a lot of time and a lot of people disagreed with the results. So before I give my thoughts on it, I'm really curious, Kyle, what were your immediate impressions of this match? Sorry? So I said- Let's see. Uh, Okay. Sorry, I had a connection issue there. Um, basically, as far as this match went, uh, yeah, there there were definitely some concerns about, uh, d- yeah, it was announced with just a couple of days notice. There really wasn't a lot uh, done to promote in terms of vignettes, in terms of interviews. Um, uh, there was really a lot of assumptions made, it felt like, by the creative team that uh, the names would carry the day a little bit because they brought in Mercedes Martinez had her in kind of a backseat role in the broader Britt Baker Thunder Rosa feud. So the AEW audience was at least somewhat aware of who Mercedes was. Maybe they didn't know what a big deal she was and has meant to women's wrestling. But uh, yeah, this felt like um, it felt like a missed opportunity to make it at main event slot. But that said, the match itself was was very good, as you would expect. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think these are two of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Um, I was also I was disappointed that Mercedes hadn't been on AWTV. We've seen Ring of Honor champions on AWTV except for her, so I'm not sure why she wasn't. Why they didn't, you know, put her in a little feud or get her some wins or something to establish her before this match. I do wish the match as the main event had gotten more time. Um, I would have liked to see them go 20 minutes, 25 minutes, but it is what it is. Um, I really hope moving forward with the Ring of Honor Women's Division, we do see more high caliber matches like this, maybe some more dream matches. Uh, I think Mercedes needs to be elevated though. 100%. Um... If she's going to be the figurehead of your division, or at least uh, for the time being, then you really need to do something to establish her on TV, especially in the absence of a ROH TV deal at this juncture. Uh, you, you, The best that you have going for you is exposure on AEW. Uh, you have an AEW women's division that is chomping, that is overflowing with women who are deserving of an opportunity to get that kind of exposure and 
who knows how many of these women you're going to use to populate the Ring of Honor women's division moving forward. Uh, I know I know our producer, Jameis, definitely uh, grabbed his fair share of AEW talent when we drafted uh, about a week or two ago. But uh, Mercedes is apparently going to be a thing. Uh, Willow Nightingale. Uh, I think is going to be a huge deal. I really, uh, I, I selfishly hope that she becomes a huge deal in Ring of Honor because that means we get to talk about her more. But she may be AEW bound. It's hard to say there. Um, we, we can talk around in circles about uh, what this division is going to look like. We don't know. But. Yeah, I, I feel like in the absence of a TV deal, they need to put the champions on AWTV more. And we've seen it with Wheeler Yuta. We've seen it, of course, this whole debacle with <laughs> the, the television title. Uh, but we haven't seen the Ring of Honor World Championship uh, on AWTV that much either. I just think Mercedes is too special a talent to not have her be a star for your, you know, your revived promotion. I think they need to do more with her. And I definitely, I agree with your point that they didn't do enough promotion for this Deanna match. I think Deanna Parazzo is a big star in wrestling. And uh, I know her being an AW is a big deal, her AW debut. Uh, I I don't know if we'll see her in AW more, you know, that she's kind of been teasing the Britt Baker match, but I thought it was I thought it was a decent match and there was a lot of outrage about it with some valid points, I would say. But that's AW and that's AW's women's division. And we could talk ad nauseum about AW's women's division. But overall I think it was a strong start. Sure. Well, and I know there was some uh feeling that Deanna uh being an impact contracted talent. You know, there was definitely a, a feeling of it kind of felt like a, a formality that she was going to drop this title at the first available opportunity. Um, yeah. I know I personally researched a little bit and the best I could find was that she had signed a two-year deal with Impact in October of 2020, meaning that she could have potentially been had just a couple months left on her deal and could have been bought out. If I'm impact, there is no way on earth I let her get out the door. But, you know, it, the, the, the possibility existed, but that might have just been us trying to convince ourselves that this was not a slam dunk for Mercedes Martinez, which good for her. She absolutely 100% deserves this opportunity that she's uh, got now to run with the ball and be the face of this division. But it... Yeah, you definitely couldn't shake the feeling that it was kind of a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's a little early to judge too harshly. I think a lot of the criticisms were a little dramatic and absurd, but that's just me. But in other Ring of Honor, AEW, Multiverse News, um, apparently this Jay Lethal thing is still going. Um I was not into this angle on Rampage. Um, what did you think? <laughs> you know, uh, Jay Lethal's a talented professional wrestler. Samoa Joe is a talented professional wrestler. 
Samoa Joe is a talented talker. He could talk me into the building to watch him wrestle a broomstick. Um, because he delivers that believable intensity every time out. Uh, you so, and and the match is going to deliver. The feud is a hundred percent going to deliver. Um, I don't love the idea of Satnam Singh being involved here because it feels a little tacked on. That's no fault of Satnam Singh's. I don't know in, much of anything about him as a performer. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt until it becomes blindingly obvious that that's not the case. Um, but that said, I, Sanjay Dutt needs to stop yelling at me. Uh, yes. I, <laughs> please. I, I know my hearing's going in my old age, but I, I stop. I definitely agree. It, and I do, of course, this angle and these guys, they're good. They're good wrestlers. And this is, I hope no one takes this as me, you know, hating on any of these guys. No. But it does feel like this is dragging and it feels like every week is the same to me. Like there's no progression in the story. And I don't know if that's intentional because we're, we're waiting for Ring of Honor TV. I don't know. But all of these guys are stuck. And when you have guys who are this experienced and this talented, you know, with the exception of Sutton Singh, I just don't know why, why this is still going on at this snail's pace. It, it feels like a holding pattern. I definitely agree with you on that. And I don't know if that's just a function of them not having ROH TV to blow this off on. Uh, if there's not really a direction in terms of another major supercard for Ring of Honor on the horizon. Uh, we've talked in the past about how ROH likes to do their Death Before Dishonor shows in the spring, usually around June or thereabouts. Uh, so that could be coming up. But at the same time, what else is Tony Khan doing around late May or early June? Let's see. There's uh, He doesn't have anything on the schedule. I... <laughs> Yeah, so in all likelihood, we're probably not seeing a lot of resolution for ROH's uh, current status until probably definitely after Double or Nothing and possibly not even until after Forbidden Door. Yeah. It's entirely possible ROH makes its presence felt at Forbidden Door in some capacity. Heaven knows they have a history with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um and their involvement as part of sort of a subsidiary, for lack of a better term, of AEW means that you could definitely see that. Um, I mean, let's be real. I would not complain about Samoa Joe versus Ishii. Mm -mm. Um, be great. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're stuck in a holding pattern. It's just what it's going to be. Um, I will say that that. Um, this could be the first major uh, well-built uh, blow-off to Joe and Lethal's uh, feud, which which dates back quite a ways. Give, give us the history, historian. <laughs> <laughs> well, as everybody knows... Um, They've made reference to it. Excalibur has made reference to it on AEW television on a number of occasions. 
that Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe have a very long history. Uh, Jay Lethal came into ROH in 2003. He had been working at under the ring name Jay Lethal for Jersey All Pro Wrestling and a couple of other uh, East Coast independents. Uh, when he came into ROH, it was part of the Raver Party Kids Stable Special K under the ring name Hydro, where he worked almost exclusively in scramble matches, which Jay Lethal can fly. He doesn't mean Tope Suicida, but scramble matches are not where that guy shines. But it wasn't until he got his opportunity at the first Survival of the Fittest in 2004, uh, where he challenged CM Punk to a match. He and Punk went for 20 minutes, had an absolute lights out contest, which was very much, which was in a big way, uh, Jay Lethal's coming out party in Ring of Honor. Uh, it was shortly after this that Samoa Joe uh, took Lethal under his wing, uh, both on screen and off, uh, for Ring of Honor, and uh, suggested on screen that Lethal go back to his Jay Lethal ring name. So that happened. And it was at that point that they started teaming together as well in Ring of Honor. Uh, their their first match together was at uh, the first Weekend of Thunder event, if we we're talking about New Japan connections, when Jushin Thunder Liger first appeared in Ring of Honor in the fall in November of 2004. That was the first time that Joe and Lethal had actually teamed together. So they, they would team together uh, for a few months. They would actually challenge, oh, compete for uh, the then vacant uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships at the Best of American Super Juniors Tournament, also in, uh, in early 2005 uh, against BJ Whitmer and Jimmy Jacobs. Whitmer and Jacobs would win that match, but uh, you know, Lethal continued to continued to move up the chain. Uh, Lethal also along the along the course of uh, of this run uh, captured the Pure Championship in let's see. Uh, that was it in uh, in two thousand five. Uh, Lethal defeated John Walters to win the Pure Championship. Uh, a few months later, Samoa Joe took it from him at Manhattan Mayhem in a fantastic match at what was really a fantastic show from top to bottom. Uh, Manhattan Mayhem is one that, by the way, if you have Honor Club or if you have, can find a way to pick up a copy of the DVD from somewhere, find it, watch it. It's fantastic from top to bottom. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it's got Austin Aries versus uh, Alex Shelley for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, Homicide and Loki versus Samoan Joe and Jay Lethal. Uh, Joe and Lethal for the Pure Title. Uh, Jimmy Ray versus CM Punk in a dog collar match. James Gibson versus Black Tiger. I believe it was Rocky Romero under the Black Tiger mask at that point. Uh, so. Brief aside, check out that Manhattan Mayhem. It's a banger show from top to bottom. Um, but that was where Joe uh, took the pure title from Lethal, which was uh, 
one wonders in retrospect if that didn't uh, didn't contribute a little bit to uh, where the feud was going to go from there. Um, are you? Do you remember seeing any of this stuff as it happened, or in retrospect after the fact on Honor Club? On, on have you checked any of this stuff out yet? By the way, Kylie. Yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of this as it happened because uh, I was one of the lucky few that had access to Ring of Honor at this time. Um, I, I when I was growing up, I was a really, really big Joe fan. I don't think that's a secret. I think I've talked about that before. And so for me, a lot of this stuff was like my story in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you have a story you really latch on to. The Joe Lethal saga really drew me in, which is part of the reason why I'm so upset with where it is today. But yes, I did see a lot of this. It's, I mean, it's it's a classic, you know, uh, teacher and mentor kind of story. It, you know, it's it's very much sees the young, hot, new talent, veteran takes him under his wing. Uh, the the pupil out eventually out outshines the master eventually, you know, the, and it's, it's, it's a tale as old as time, but when it's told well, it doesn't matter. That it's been told a hundred times before. If it's told well, it still works. There's a reason, there's a reason yeah. Shakespeare is still relevant all these years later. When the story's told well, it works and you go along for the ride. Um, shortly after, uh, it was at Manhattan Mayhem uh, that uh, uh, they uh, that Lethal lost the title to Joe. Uh, this was when the uh, this was when the Rottweilers attacked in the in what was an impromptu main event, Homicide and Loki. Uh, they took out Lethal uh, with the uh, with the uh, cop killer top rope double stomp combination that. Uh, in storyline really messed up Lethal's neck, putting him on the shelf for a month. Uh, it was around, so shortly after that, uh, Lethal came back and uh, feuded with Loki. So the two kind of went their separate ways for a while. Uh, Lethal actually uh, was one of CM Punk's challengers during the summer of Punk. So just to sort of bring that story full circle as Lethal sort of coming out partying the company was against Punk and he got his shot to try to try to save the company from from the scourge of CM Punk and came up just short, but, you know, had another tremendous match. It was it was very clear for a long time. And, you know, this as well, that Lethal was being primed for big things in this company. That kind of got derailed when he signed with Impact, but then, you know, well. But we, but we roll with it. Um, <laughs> uh, shortly after that, uh, he joined back for it. He joined forces with Joe again uh, as the Loki and Homicide feud continued. Uh, uh, this uh, culminated at Glory by Honor 4 when Lethal uh, had a fight without honor with Loki. Uh, but it was then that... Uh, Things started to change for Lethal. He and Joe lost a tag title match, or a number one contenders match, I'm sorry, for the tag titles to Austin Aries and Roderick Strong. And shortly after that, at Steel Cage Warfare, Lethal and Joe went on what went, were going to wrestle a so-called exhibition match. And like that phrase alone should 
perk your ears up that something's going to happen because you don't go to you don't go to pains to, to to talk about how well this is just a friendly competition an exhibition that no no if you've been watching wrestling at all in your life you're where something's going to happen sure enough uh lethal uh goes after joe's knee uh in a somewhat unsportsmanlike fashion and uh attacks joe's knee with a chair uh pins and pins him following the dragon suplex and as you know joe doesn't lose in ring of honor <laughs> that was not a thing that happened very often so for lethal to get the win there was obviously a huge deal and signified big things for him um they uh they blew off that feud however uh just a couple of months later uh in at the fourth anniversary show but this was uh, this was a case that lethal was already leaving to head to impact so it became a situation that i don't believe that if you were to ask uh gabe or anybody else if if the plan was for it to be a two-month feud with a uh, no stipulation match in the blow off i don't feel like they would have said that was the plan I I definitely agree. Um, to me, the Joe Lethal storyline is one of the the storylines that you know formed the foundation of Ring of Honor. And I think, and for, well, for, I'll speak for myself, but I think for a lot of people, Joe was the kind of talent in those early days of Ring of Honor that really drew attention because he was so different from anyone else on the roster, anyone else in wrestling for that matter, at least in, you know, the West. Um, and I really wish the story had gotten a better ending. Maybe we'll get it now and we can just all pretend it was the plan all along. But um, I, I, re <laughs> I really don't know if it's going to happen in, the current situation we have. Um, I don't know how healthy Joe is. I don't know how, how healthy Jay Lethal is because these guys are, you know, they're getting older. And if we are going to have a crazy stipulation match, uh, a way to blow off the feud in some big way, it probably would have happened back then. But there is a lot of history here. And I, I want them to play it up more. I want vignettes. I want video packages with the Ring of Honor library. I want all these things because they're they're they were both mixing it up yes. with the big Ring of Honor stars like Loki, like yes. uh, CM Punk, like Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels and all these guys. So they're big Ring of Honor guys, and I just feel like that message isn't getting across. Yeah, no, I would I would absolutely agree, and uh, I appreciate Excalibur doing what he can to yeah. get some of that over. But realistically, there's only so much you can do there. There needs to be some sort of a creative commitment to make this a thing. And if I'm fantasy booking, I would really love to see a Death Before Dishonor sometime in the summer, probably like June or something like that. Give us something that we can build to as an end point here. And give me... Yes. Um, if I'm being completely honest... Have Lethal cost Samoa Joe the ROH TV title along the way. So you clear that out and make it and put it on somebody else so you don't need that for the feud. 
put that on, oh gosh, I, just about anybody, really. You could put it on, it doesn't really matter even. I don't even, we don't even know what the Ring of Honor roster is going to look like. Um, That's true. But get the TV title off of Joe and build to Lethal and Joe in a fight without honor at the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view, whatever that might be. Death Before Dishonor, Glory by Honor, one of those uh, branded shows, uh, because it has to be a fight without honor. That's ROH's, uh, you know, as I and I know, that's the be all and end all. You don't go after yeah. a fight without honor. Yeah, it definitely, I, that has to be the end point if, when you consider the 15 plus years of history in this feud. I don't think one match is going to do it. And I think fans would be really disappointed. And when you look back at, you know, Super Card of Honor and, you know, Joe's debut, there was a lot of hype for Joe in Ring of Honor. And, you know, wrestling fans because they love Joe. But Ring of Honor fans like me and you, I was really excited uh, oh, for, yeah. this Jay Lethal, for this Jay Lethal story and, you know, Samoa Joe with the other guys that he wrestled, you know, back in the early days of Ring of Honor. And... I, maybe it's because we're in a holding pattern that we haven't gotten a lot of the story, the storytelling that I think we all looked forward to. But I do think they need to capitalize on it soon because I do think this Jay Lethal story is getting to the place where fans are getting annoyed with it or they're just sort of indifferent to it at best. And sure. the number of fans who are actively enjoying Joe and actively enjoying Jay Lethal is <laughs> dwindling every week. So I think a good video package with the Ring of Honor library where we can really start to build the feud and then we could do your fantasy booking. I personally would love like a Daniel Garcia to get the television title. I think that'd be fun because uh, then you because you also have Wheeler okay. Yuta. He's a champion. We could, we could have a whole crop of young champions in the Ring of Honor. Well, Gar well, Gar well Garcia is a sports entertainer, so it'd be perfect for television. It'd be like when Dalton Castle held the TV title. There we go. It, all, you know, all the puzzle pieces are coming together, Kyle. Give us a promotion. We could book it and it'd be great. <laughs> yes. We Tony, would we would crush us. this. <laughs> call us. We'll, we'll book Ring of Honor for you. It'll be great. Um, I'm not sure when Ring of Honor will get another pay-per-view. A, um, a lot of people had anticipated that they would get a pay-per-view uh, Double or Nothing weekend. And I had kind of been in that group that there would be some Ring of Honor show, Double or Nothing Weekend or Double or Nothing Week. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And then Forbidden Door is like a three weeks after Double or Nothing. So I don't think anything's going to happen before Forbidden Door. They're, they're probably not going to do it at Forbidden Door. And then it's counting down the couple of months until All Out. So... Either they do it, they do it in July or August, or we do it all out weekend. Which dragging this out months well, is going to kill me. And well, and ROH has a history in Vegas too. They they ran a thirteenth uh, anniversary show at Sam's Town in Las Vegas, among others. So they've definitely run out there before, and there's there's a user base and a, and a fan base out there for them on the West Coast. Um. But that just requires them to just go do it. But and, and I, I I do wonder if this doesn't have anything to do with uh, 
uh, TV negotiations? Are they going badly? Are they going well? Uh, where does that stand? There's, mm-hmm. I, I try to tell myself that there's a lot of moving pieces and we're not always privy to seeing those pieces. And that, that yeah. helps a little bit, not much, but a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's a fair point because, you know, I don't know how TV negotiations are going. There hasn't been any reports about it in a long, long time, which is that's what's really worrying me, that we don't have anything. Um, Part of me hopes that if a deal wasn't going to happen, they would have started putting it on YouTube, something on YouTube to keep the promotion alive. I think Tony Khan is a smart enough businessman that if a TV deal wasn't imminent, that he would have found a way to get it on YouTube. Um, I do think that Ring of Honor, after Supercard of Honor and how popular the show was, how well it did on pay-per-view, all of that, I think they should do something double or nothing week. They could tack it on to Rampage. There's a Rampage in Vegas. Just do it before Rampage. You could film some stuff. You could put it on YouTube. It'll be great. But we're getting to the point now where Ring of Honor is like, we had this peak of this hype and now it's very, it's fading very fast. And I'm worried about yes. that, especially with the two big stories this week on AWTV. It was the Mercedes Martina, Deanna Perrazzo match, which, of course, we talked about. There's a lot of outrage. And then the Jay Lethal stuff, which not a lot of people are into. So people love Wheeler Yuta, but we're not getting a lot of Wheeler Yuta Ring of Honor stuff. We're not getting a lot no. of Jonathan Gresham. So it's like... <sighs> I, I loved the decision to put the TV title on Wheeler Yuta. Uh, and I know you did too, but it it's, it's definitely frustrating to watch and feel like it was put on him as a prop just to keep the belt visible. There don't, you know, without there being a, a, any plans to defend it uh, on ROA on AEW television and you can make the, you can make the argument that AEW television and that audience is not necessarily the right place for pure rules at this point it's a very niche demonstration of the product and it might not be something that would uh, that would do well on AEW television maybe it would we might be wrong I don't know but it it would definitely be taking the, a chance uh, to put a pure title match on there, especially given that they, you know, putting 10, 15 minutes of very valuable TV time to uh, what's essentially a gimmick match that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily get. And I love the pure division. I think you do too. I, th- I know James, our producer, does as well. We're all big fans. But, you know, being a realist, it, it might not play to TV so I understand they're being cognizant of that but if that's if that's the case then you've got to find something else to do with the pure title whether that's keep it on Josh Woods yeah. and let him continue defending it on the independence or uh, you know or give Wheeler Yuta opportunities to do that too uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't be hard for Regal to to cut a promo or to put something over on commentary of, you know, you've got that you've got that nice shiny belt now. I think it's about high time that you show everybody what that actually means. Yeah. Kind of thing, and 
you know, away you go. And there, and we've talked, there'd be no shortage of viable candidates against which to defend that title on AEW television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely uh, Rhett think- Titus is floating around. Yeah, you have, you, there's a lot of people available. And I definitely think if anybody was going to get the Pure Rules gimmick over, it would be the Blackpool Combat Club just because they're so, so believable as fighters. And uh, I believe it was on Dynamite. They aired that uh, video package, the Blackpool Combat video package, which was incredible. Uh, and it was John Moxley and William Regal and Brian Danielson sort of sparring with Wheeler Yuta and teaching him grappling and all these things. So clearly he's still training in this style and this technical wrestling. So there's some investment at least from him and his faction for this belt. And I don't think it hurts anybody to do an experiment and put it on, on rampage, give it like 10 minutes, give him a good opponent, a good technical opponent, and see what happens and see how people receive it because aw fans are willing to try things and there's been a lot of yes. gimmick matches that have gotten over really well i think back to like the dog collar matches and um that one uh dustin rhodes and uh butcher match what was that the the i don't remember what it was oh gosh the bunkhouse and, and, thing oh the bunkhouse brawl with the yeah didn't yeah. it, was, or wasn't or was that or was that a Texas bull rope match? Oh, it might have been the Texas bull rope match. Either, either way, there's lots of weird giving matches in AW, and a lot of the fans enjoy them and they get over. So sure, I think they got. I think they could definitely give it a shot. And if it's anyone's going to do it, it's going to be these guys because they're the hottest thing in wrestling right now. Absolutely, and let's not forget Jonathan Gresham. Can we? Can I please have more Jonathan Gresham in my in my on my television, more Dalton yeah. Castle on my television? Oh my God! The, Dalton and the boys got over so hard at Battle of the Belts, because yeah. how can you not with that presentation? It's it's so fantastic. Um, but I, I, we just we just don't know. I just don't know what 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 the future is going to hold for it. Um, Give us, give us a, give us the book, Tony. We we would turn Ring of Honor into Let's the go. next big thing. Yeah, hit me up. My DMs are open. I'm here for it. Hit us up, Tony. <laughs> we have so many ideas. The amount of t- the amount of fantasy booking Kyle and I do for Ring of Honor is atrocious, considering there's no TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um. Yeah, we, we we could fill we could fill the time for you, I'm sure. Um, but no, it, it and this is this is what's frustrating because we we see bits and pieces of some very cool stuff going on. Like I see I see commitment in bringing in Bobby Cruz to be the ring announcer for special title matches, uh, in uh, bringing in Ian Riccoboni for the Samoa Joe and Trent match, which was fantastic. I it, More Ian on my television is all, all, always a good thing. Um, so uh, having, the R, having the ROH uh, women's unification match, you know, say what you will about the execution or the booking or what have you, 
having it there and putting it in the main event slot was a big deal too. And, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give him his credit for that as well. Uh, even if the execution wasn't there, that was, that was the right call. Um, so it's like, like the, the pieces are there and we see them in flashes and bits and pieces, but we just don't have a, a, a coherent whole yet. And you know, that, that continues to be frustrating as a fan. Uh, especially because we've seen some development on the website, not a lot, but there's been a little bit of updates on the website here and there. So like, I know you're, I, I know as a fan, you're poking around in the digital, you're poking around on TV, you're, you're, you're nibbling at the edges here and there. Um, please dive in and give us something to really bite into. Let's figure out what's up so we can go full speed ahead because there is a whole bunch of fans. I'm talking up people uh, every opportunity, every time we do this podcast, getting pe- trying to get people to hop on the bandwagon with us. Give us something. Yeah, my, my closing thought is that sometime within the next month, so maybe before Double or Nothing, a little bit after Double or Nothing, we need news on TV and we need news on roster. How are you going to have a promotion without either of those? I don't know. Because even even with AW, we were getting roster news and show news and all that kind of stuff when it was first starting. So that's my closing thought. Kyle, what's yours? <laughs> you know, um, it's been a mixed bag. There's been a, there's been some good. There's been some bad. Um, all told, I'm glad to see ROH where it's at. I'm glad to see ROH's uh, championships in the state that they're in. Uh, the current state, the current slate of champions, is fantastic from top to bottom. Uh, Jonathan Gresham is an amazing and uh, world champion who's defended that title on multiple continents and multiple promotions. Um, I mean, we can gloss over the ROH tag champions right now. We don't really need to talk too much about them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, FTR are uh, absolute absolutely fantastic at what they do. I don't think that's uh, any surprise to anyone. Uh, and they're going to put on a tremendous match for the ROH tag titles against anybody that you put them up against. Joe is a TV champion. Wheeler Yuta is an amazing pure champion. Mercedes Martinez is uh, as the women's champion. Like Top to bottom, you have the linchpins for several fantastic divisions. So find a way to start fleshing that out for us get us excited you're a promoter promote get us excited get us salivating at the thought of the next roh show if it's not until september then start the steady drip start the drip 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 of roster and signing and uh you know find a way to get us excited get us in the door because We'll be there either way. That's what we do. A lot of other fans might not be because they're tired of waiting. So, Tony, in the unlikely event that you hear this, give us something to build on because we will, we will, we'll take it the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter at Code of Honor Cast. Um, send us ideas for things you want us to talk about for ring of honor. Uh, like we said, there's not a lot of ring of honor news happening at Tony Khan, 
but we do love talking Ring of Honor. We we love talking history. Um, so I don't know. What, we'll figure it out as we go. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, no. <laughs> do you want to? Oh, we can plug it really quick. Uh, we can. I don't know. We can. Conf- I don't know what we can confirm about that yet. Um, we're doing an ep- we're recording an episode this week. Um, we're going to be talking, doing a Ring of Honor history deep dive, talking about the HGNet deal, the TV deal, um, some other other stuff that Kyle's interested in. Um, yeah, just me. You you had no interest by... whatsoever. <laughs> um, oh, no, I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna bring, um, our my producers told me our guest is confirmed, so we're going to be joined by Carrie Silken. Our best friend of the show. Uh, love that man. But yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. So that, that episode will be more interesting than this one. <laughs> uh, but follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. I post everything I'm doing there. Um, you can follow, follow Kyle on Twitter. Let me see if I remember at Kyle K Sparks. Got it. Kyle K Sparks. Yeah. He posts, he posts yeah. a lot of sparks takes. He's, he's controversial. Yeah, our, yeah, our lower thirds aren't, aren't on the screen here. I don't know about all this noise. Um, yeah, I'm at Kyle K. Sparks on Twitter. Uh, I will try to live tweet uh, shows as much as I can. Uh, I try to live tweet uh, Dynamite and Rampage as often as possible. Uh, on a whim, I just uh, live tweeted Impacts Under Siege this past weekend, which, was a lot, which by the way, that show was a lot of fun. Um, and the Honor No More st- uh, stable with Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, Vincent, uh, Kenny King, a lot of it's tremendous really former ROH talent. Um, although the although the nerd in me does is still a little bit bothered by the fact that Taven and Vincent are like together on that team. It's like I like they didn't spend like a year and a half drawing blood and killing each other all around the country, but um, no. Uh, Broader point, getting back to it, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Kyle K. Sparks. Uh, I try to live tweet as often as I can. Um, I'm pretty active. I try to be active uh, in discussions about uh, what's going on. Uh, follow us at Code of Honor Cast on Twitter. Uh, we will be, we post things like uh, on this dates, match clips, factoids, uh, information on upcoming shows. Uh, it's a great resource for the show. And, uh, it's also a great opportunity for you to reach out to either of us or the Code of Honor cast account. Uh, let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Yeah, we can talk about Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal. Yeah, next next week we'll be talking about the HDNet era, uh, a criminally underrated era in ROH history. Um, we love to talk about this stuff. And almost anything you can think of, we'll probably find something to love about it. So please reach out to us. Uh, follow at BodySlamNet on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all the places. Support us via uh, PWTs. Um, like and subscribe if you dig what we're doing. Uh, we'll have more of it next week. Uh, you can also go back on YouTube and watch our uh, ROH Women's Division draft, which we did uh, last week, which was a lot of fun with myself, Kylie, uh, our producer Jameis actually being on camera f- on this show, and uh, and special guest Haley, who was tremendous, and uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of ways out there to to hear from us and what we're doing. So uh, hop on board, get on the ROH bandwagon with us. 
and we're going to have a good time. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, we'll see you next week with our special episode with Carrie Silkin. We're super excited. Like, yeah. uh, the future's bright for, for us and for Ring of Honor. So we'll see you guys next week.